All right, what's up there, fellas? This is a impromptu session here. I wasn't planning to do a recap show for PFL, but it went so well, and uh, I enjoyed myself. If you're up watching this, you probably enjoyed it, maybe hit a few parlays, and maybe got some winning tickets. Or maybe you parlayed this with some stuff coming up in Bellator tomorrow, or some stuff coming up at UFC. I don't know. Um, I know I had some... Some good traction tonight. Let's put it that way. I'm going to start with the main card. Run it back backwards. I like to do the recaps that way. I'm going to go over what we had initially. Sort of compare that. If you've been tailing us recently and you're using our, you know, our prediction shows to kind of help you with, with betting on PFL, then you're probably going to be very happy with how you did here because uh, we started off a little rough with the first few matches and then got, you know, got on fire. So let's start off here with the main card. Um, you know, this one right here, here's what the big tip was for me. When I saw that Clarissa, Clarissa Shields, right, was fighting in the main event, we talked about it in the prediction show, I'm like, who puts a fighter in the main event who's never, ever fought an MA fight? You know, who does that? A smaller promotion like Bellator or PFL. Probably, no, no, Bellator wouldn't do this, but PFL would do this, right? So I look at that and I said to myself, you know what? Even if she goes out there and the fight's close, or she's losing even. So I, I got a theory for you guys. This is a little crazy, but just follow me on this one. If you're following me on this little windy trail here, maybe you're listening to this as you're winding down your night. Maybe you're driving home from your buddy's house after watching the fight. But follow me here on my conspiracy theory on this one. I think that even if Clarissa, Clarissa Shields didn't knock out Elkin, they would have given her the decision. And people were like, oh, that's crazy because Elkin won round two. I agree. I totally agree. I think Elkin may have gotten a 10-8 round in round one. She completely dominated Shields. And if you know anything about MMA, this fight was going exactly the way that these fights go. Like, here comes a boxer or kickboxer or football player. You know, um, we've seen some of those. They come in, and they were good athletes. Maybe they were even champions. In this case, you know, Clarissa Shields is a champion. Champion, like one of the best ever for women's boxing, which, you know, doesn't seem like there's a lot of women doing that. But in any case, you know, she's the top women's boxer, right? She's got a bunch of belts, and she's got gold medals too. So she's very accomplished. But this fight went exactly the way that everyone who follows MMA closely would expect it to go. She got taken down and literally just dominated, okay? She had Elkin looking in there like Elkin was you know, the best ground grappler in the world. And it was because Clarissa had no idea what she was doing. She made some mistakes in round one and two when she could have got out of the grappling with her, had a chance, but then she would like jump on top of Elkin, try to punch her and beat her up, and it didn't work her way. So first two rounds clearly go to Elkin, but what I'm telling you is my conspiracy is that they were pushing Clarissa so much and coming to this fight, and I didn't know. I didn't know before the fight. I just knew that she was fighting in the main event and she had never fought before, so I'm assuming they were pushing. But then you hear in the pre-fight, and as you're watching like the prelims and coming up to the main card, there's like a little mini documentary going on. It was, they were showing the documentary on, on ESPN tonight. It was, I guess it launched tonight on ESPN Plus. As I heard that, I'm saying to myself, they're literally going to give her the W no matter what happens because she probably picked Elkin. Like her camp probably had a pick of all, like they probably had to like a mug shots, 10, 10 girls. Who do you want to fight? And gave them like a few days to figure out who they want to fight. And they probably chose Elkin because Elkin... She's not a really good fighter. But even with all that said, anyone who knows MMA knows that Elkin was doing exactly what she should have done. She was dominating the fight. She was winning the fight on the ground. Now, let's pinpoint when things change. Elkin was on the ground with Brittany. I'm sorry, Elkin. Brittany Elkin was on the ground with Crusher Shields at the end of the second round. And Shields lands a few super-duper hard shots. When the, when the bell rings, Brittany gets up and the referee's there. And the, the, the broadcast kind of cuts out. But if you look closely... Elkin's like having a hard time kind of walking. So you're like, oh my gosh, Shields actually connected. When they return from commercial, the commentators mentioned how, yeah, Elkin had a hard time getting back to the corner. So at that point, you knew, okay, Shields already got to her. It's just a matter of time. Third round was kind of surprising. Shields ends up getting like a dominant position on the ground. But this time, it's like she learned. She, she, two rounds of getting dominant on the ground. She sprawls. She's got heavy hips. And she just weighs on Brittany, and Brittany just shows that low fighter IQ. The reason why she's 3-6 and six in an MMA coming into this. The reason why she hasn't won a fight in, year, in years in MMA. 
she actually is holding on to Shields' leg for probably a good minute and a half while Shields is just crowning her. Okay, Shields is just giving her every punch in the book. And the fight stops because the referee gives Elkin plenty of time to just ride this out. Because if Elkin, theoretically, if you if you had money on Elkin, you know what you're thinking? Damn, I wish Elkin could have just survived like another little bit longer. I wish they wouldn't have, you know, why didn't she let go of that leg? Move positions. Because look, I, I did have a sprinkle on Elkin. <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. All right, I'm not too proud to beg. I had a little sprinkle on Elkin. Um... But in that moment, you're just hoping, can she just, you know, hold on because you're thinking she won round and two, round one and round two. I remember as soon as Shields got the TKO, I said to myself, all right, bonus. I did change my, my betting angle on this as the fight closed in. My position, if you saw the prediction show, was a dog or pass on this. Okay, that was, that was where I was at. As the fight closed in, I kept thinking to myself more like, you know, they're really pushing this girl. Like, even if this thing is like kind of close, but not close, they're going to just give her the win because who cares about Brittany Elkin for their promotion? Like, what are they going to do with that? What? She's going to be four and six. If she wins that fight, Shields, the gold medal girl. I mean, they had her in the locker room. <laughs> if you didn't watch this pre-fight. So if those who didn't watch, I'm going to wrap it up for you here real quick on the Shields fight, but they had her in the locker room before the fight showing off her gold medals. And like, and like she had, you know, her medals and like her belts. And it was like all presented on this nice table. And, like, I'm sorry, it was a little corny, but then again, like, you know, it's PFL. They're doing the best they can. This is, like, the JUCO for UFC. So this is, like, their girl. Now, I will say this because I heard it already on Twitter. I mean, I saw it on Twitter. I'm going to put it out there. You got to be careful betting on Shields in her next fight because she's probably going to fight a girl who may be slightly better. And, uh, man, Shields show you she can't get off the ground. She has no grappling skills. Whatever she's been working on up to now, was barely effective. Maybe her defense was okay. But anyway, so yeah, Shields gets the win. I did put her in some parlays here today. Um, I parlayed her with like a few people in the main event here that really worked out. So she goes to 1-0 and we'll see what happens and we'll see what Bellator wants to do with her from here. So let's move on down the card to the co-main event and that's Clay Collard versus Jolton Lutterback. And you know, if you like the ground and pound and ground control and you and you put money on Lutterback, you're, you're furious, man. <laughs> You're like, you know, what the, you know, what the, man, I mean, you're just pissed. Okay, I'm not going to curse. I'm going to try not to curse here on this, on this recap show. Um, you're mad because he did have position control. Okay, there's no question about that. You know, he did have like eight, eight takedowns to zero for Collard. And this begins that conversation. I don't want to get off on a tantrum. Just have to wrap up this show in a reasonable amount of time. It's uh, almost 1230 a.m. Eastern time, my time. Um, it's the age-old conversation of how are the judges judging the fight? What are the criteria? What are the measures? Is a takedown worth like 10 punches landed? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so like, is a takedown worth like this? And then like a takedown and holding someone down for a minute is worth this. And then the other guy gets up and like, he rocks the guy, but so he has a hard punch. Like, what is that? There's so many just arbitrary different measures of who's winning what parts of the fight. I mean, don't even bring up leg kicks. There's a lot of research out there. If you break down the numbers that leg kicks are literally not counted, they're like half of a punch. All right. So now we've seen people end fights with good leg kicks, you know, beating up on someone's leg or just over time, you know, the person starts limping. The leg kick that makes somebody limp, the judge sees that one. Maybe that one's getting the full punch. But, but the bottom line is what I'm saying is, there's different parts of the game that are being measured differently. And recently, a few episodes ago, we talked about the jab. The jab is made now a re, you know, basically a re resurgence in MMA. Not that it actually was ever there, but the point is the jab has come back as a, as a really nice tool because it does do damage, yes. It sets up the punches, yes, but the judges are actually recognizing it and seeing it. And so my point is if you recognize the takedowns eight to zero, you know, that's like, I'm trying to think of like maybe a comparison to another sport. I'm going to compare it to NFL football because most of us here are NFL fans or football fans. You know, that would like being like if, if the game is in three parts, defense, offense, and special teams, that would like being, that would like being one part of the, that, that's, that scenario would be like, let's say special teams. One team has like four touchdowns on special teams and the other team has no touchdowns on special teams. All right, that's one third of the battle. 
So the team with four touchdowns on special teams and the team with none, that's like a big advantage. That's just a takedown, right? Let's move to now the control position. You know, being in control, being on top of someone, having their back. Once again, that wasn't even close. Lutter back in that, in that area of the fight. He's getting like four touchdowns. Again, versus uh, Collar getting zeros. Let's call that part defense. So on the defense part of the fight, Lutterback is getting the four touchdowns. Collar is getting zero. So like special teams, Lutterback is crushing him in a football game. And defense, he's crushing him, right? Cut it up to the third pie. That's offense. Collar clearly has the striking advantage. He's a better striker. He's busier. Even when he was on the ground, he was punching more and hitting him. I thought a big punch to Kyler landed was in the third round. He hit Lutterbach to the point where Lutterbach didn't really buckle, but he just backed up, almost off balance back up, kind of hit the cage, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was a solid punch. Um, you heard some crowd noise, but I'm pretty sure there's no crowd in there, so that's weird. If you were watching this live and you had the volume up, they were, they were echoing crowd noise in based upon, like, a big kick or a flurry, and, like, it, after a while, I realized... There's no one in there, but like just some people and some family and friends. Kind of weird, the freak, fake crowd noise. Always kind of freaks me out. <laughs> anyway, um, my point is on this fight, I thought Lutterbach did enough to win. I actually had Collard to win pre-fight. I had my money on Collard, had him in way too many parlays, so I was sweating like a mother when I was watching the end of this fight. I actually had to stand up, and I didn't want to watch my, my screens. I actually just needed to stand up and stretch thinking, if this doesn't go my way, a bunch of parlays that I had him in are going to just fall over. And I was so confident in him winning. So, yeah, I'm just going to call a spade a spade. I was super confident he would win. I was a really disappointed in his inability to be in a more rest. He should have been more in a wrestling boxing stance from the giddy up. And he did this like, I'm going to walk on in here like, like I know what I'm doing. Like, you know, Lutterbach, you, you know, right? like, and then like Lutterbach's like, I got this. I'm going to take it down. And it was easy. And then even after he got taken down like once or twice, Collard still would like, you know, not really bend his knees much, overthrow, get off balance. And so third round, Collard really adjusted his stance, got a little more bent knees, thinking more about that wrestling stance. You know, so somebody can't shoot on you. Lutterback had only that part of his game to offer. That's all Lutterback could do. So, you know, Clay made an adjustment. I'm super happy he won. But like, I come out high on you, dog. Like, not the greatest performance, and if you get in, you get in there with a guy who could take you down, and then he's not going to just hold you, like, that's the big problem. Lutterbach just held him, right? He wasn't busy enough. You know, again, if you had money on Lutterbach, my, my pad, man, it was, he, it was right there. It was a split decision, right? So it could have gone either way. One judge thought he won. All right, not that those judges, you know, know anything, but one judge thought he won, and I honestly, if I had to bet after the fight, if someone said to me, after the fight was over, can you bet now? I would have bet on Lutterbach. So, yeah, I'm keeping it 100 with you, but uh, I'm glad Clay won. We did have him pre-fight, so that was nice. Let's move on down here to Bubba Jenkins versus Bobby Moffett. Now, this was a last-minute adjustment with, with Moffett coming in here, and I was on Jenkins pre-fight. I was really confident about him. I believe you're looking at my notes. Yeah, he was, so he was the second most confident pick of the night behind Collard, which, you know, looking at what happened in Collard, man, I was sweating, right? But Jenkins... Man, I got super worried about him. If if you didn't watch the fight, round one and two, he does a great job. He, you know, he's showing good fighter IQ. He'll come out for about 30, 45 seconds. He'll box a little bit, and then great takedown. Takes down Mofet, keeps position, um, shows his strength, shows his wrestling background. They talked a lot about the wrestling background on the bo on the broadcast, but what's unique about that is he's made an evolution because he wasn't a super duper good striker from the rip. At first, he was, you know, prototypical wrestling guy who doesn't have good striking. Now his striking has picked up. It's straight. It's sharp. He definitely tagged Moffitt a few times. Moffitt showed he had a good chin. And so for two rounds, if you were on Bubba Jenkins, and I was on Bubba Jenkins, everything's just Gucci. You're like, oh, this is nice. My man's, everything's fine. He's winning. You're comfortable. I, I thought to myself after round two, and I, I think I had a sip of a beer, and I said, you know what? This is nice. You know, you like when a favorite, because what was Bubba coming in here? Bubba was like a minus 305 or somewhere. I think he actually ticked down a little bit. Yeah, he did. He fell to like, whatever, minus 270 or something, 280 right before the fight. Um, and I'm thinking, I can't believe it even got better. I put some parlays last minute with some 
basketball and baseball, and I threw him in there because when I looked at his film and I broke down his, you know, his his last few fights and how much he's gotten better, I'm like, yo, this dude's gonna come in here. This brother's gonna come in here on with a guy like Bobby Moffitt who's coming in a little late. And replacement, I'm like, poor Bobby Moffitt. Like, you know, because Bobby Jacobs was already favored to win against the other opponent, which was a better opponent than Bobby. But I'll say this. If this fight had to go one more minute, one more round, one more round for sure. If this goes one more round, Bobby Moffitt is going to TKO Bobby Jenkins. Jenkins ran out of gas. He... He ran out of gas. Um, a few times he ran out of gas in the third round, but then he would, like, respond, throw a few punches, and I'm like, oh, maybe he was just, you know, resting, playing possum, whatever. No, he, he was really tired. He was he, he was curled up on his feet, holding his hands up in front of his, you know, his face. Um, wasn't able to – yeah, he couldn't control the tempo. Uh, Bobby was at that point picking up the tempo, looking good. May have even won the third round, possibly. Um and I do believe in the scorecards, it was 29-28, right? So it was a unanimous decision. Um, but for Bubba Jenkins, not a good look. You know, you saw the pre-fight. If, well, if you didn't see the pre-fight, I'll tell you. He does, like, this interview. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I got to take a sip of wine for this one. You know, these, these fighters, man, you know what they got to do with these guys? Like, they have that reality show, right? The, the damn um, contender series. You know, they should have another one. Like, they should do... Uh, like a big brother or something, you know, and put, put put a bunch of crazy motherfuckers in there. You know what I mean? Like some dudes that, you know, just put some wild dudes. Put Bubba Jenkins. If you saw the pre-fight, like his little, like, you know, they have a little, like, video. Let the guy, you know, I got to take a sip of wine. Hold on. They got the, um, you know, the pre-fight. They do a little, little mini little video on where they're from and. This dude's got, like, shades on. He's got, like, some kind of red leather jacket-looking type of thing. And um, he's talking about, yeah, you know, people talk about training and, you know, six weeks, seven weeks camp. And, you know, I got to do this and, um, you know, all you know whatever. He's like, but no, nah, I'm a guy who can come off the couch. I'm like, did he just – did this dude – I'm like, what? Did he just say that? Did he just try to rationalize like how he does things that this is a method that's a method of success? I mean, there's a time and a place like when Nate Diaz got called in last minute to fight against Connor years ago, he could use then the analogy like, hey, you know, I could come off the couch. You know what I mean? Like and he did right post fight. He said fighters always ready to fight. Well, like this is a fight you've been training, should have been training, for, right? Should have been trained for this fight, dog. What are you talking about that I can come up? Like, it was just a wacky thing. I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to, like, punk people in general. Like, punk the whole division. Because he wraps that whole interview, little pre-fight interview, by saying, you know, I'm better than everyone. Whatever anyone has, I have that. But they don't have what I... He, you know, he's trying to sound complicated and complex and deep. Um, But he just sounds like he's just talking himself up. And rationalizing maybe why he wasn't doing the jogging, wasn't doing the cardio. Because my man hit a cardio, listen, there's a cardio dump. Okay, forget about it. He, he hit a cardio landslide, okay? He hit a, he hit the he hit the peripheral wall and went straight mofo down, okay? And had nothing in a fight that he was easily winning. So, Mr. Jenkins, thank you for the win. <laughs> we appreciate it. But I got my eyes on you. Got my eyes on you, and I think he's going to be fighting like they mentioned Brendan Lofnane at some point. There was some, some a good beef. They were talking, you know, talking some shit. But it was, it was, it was, you know, it seemed like it was in good fun. They were actually, yeah, Brendan. Like you know those guys who don't shower. <laughs> I know I'm jumping around right now. But I got, I got hit this. Actually, I'm going to get to that in a second. Let me just wrap up this fight with Bubba, and I'll talk about Brendan in a second. But Brendan get, Bubba gets the win. He was a minus 305 at one point, came down a little bit. I will say this, and I'm, I'm not calling out any handicappers, but I, I did he, see and hear some people putting money on Moffitt, but not just as a dog or pass. Like, they actually thought he could beat Jenkins. And I got two points on that. One, that's brilliant. 
post-fight now, looking after the fact, and, you know, it's not always about wins and losses when it comes to gambling. It definitely is not always about wins and losses. If you do it over a long period of time, and you actually keep a record of your numbers, and you start, even if you're like an amateur gambler, right? But I would say this. I, I recommend any am amateur person, I shouldn't say amateur. That, that, that's a bad word. That makes you sound like you don't know what you're doing, right? Anyone who gambles casually, right? On whatever you're casually betting on. Set up an Excel sheet, man. Just try to keep some basic track of like your bets. Like, okay, what am I doing today? Save it. You know, put it into a sheet. Uh, the next, if you don't bet for a few days, it's fine. Or a few weeks, the next time you go in, put it in. And then like after, you know, a few months, whatever, go back through, look at what's going on. Try to try to keep track of how you're doing. You're going to find pitfalls. I have, I've I found the w the areas where I'm weakened. Like, oh man, I, I make that mistake often. Or, you know, um, basically the areas where I became inefficient. And those spreadsheets and that documented past history of your bets, man, it's a great way to analyze and it does work. It works for everyone because everyone has different betting tendencies tendencies, and everyone has different betting deficiencies. You know what I'm saying? So um, if if you were one of those people or handicapper who were saying Bobby Moffitt to win the fight, I'm going to repeat what I said. If that fight goes any longer, maybe another minute, definitely another round, he wins the fight. So that's in a great, great pool. The second point on that, though, is, man, you know, it it it's it begs to re it begs to ask the question how much before you get off of a fighter because Bobby was Bubba was up about a minus three hundred at one point, and that is my threshold, and I was thinking not to not to bet him because like uh, the value you know, and I thought so highly of him because of his last fight that was a big mistake on my part, so though we win this bet and though we were on the right side of the the prediction I guess to win the fight. I think the people that were on Bobby Moffitt were the ones who actually did a better job looking at this. They actually saw the better value. So tip the hat to you guys who actually were on Bobby Moffitt. All right, let's uh, take another sip of wine here, and I'm going to have to get some more wine at some point, um, though that's going to have to require some kind of a break. Give me a second here. Okay, that's some nice Cabernet, by the way. Cabernet Sauvignon. That's my wife's favorite. I do like it. I think I'm more of a Merlot man, but... Some good cab every now and then is is nice. Okay, let's move on down to the uh, fight right before that. That was Brendan Lofnane versus Tyler Diamond. Um, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna take a somber note here for a second. Like I'm not kidding. I, I think that fight should have been stopped. You know, um, there's a there's a point, and it's funny because. It happens in football, happens in a lot of sports where guys get injured, they get hurt, you know, they get banged up. And because there's a massive audience and, and because the commentators have to keep this, you know, they wanna keep it light, right? Have fun, you know, celebrate the positive thing, kind of don't talk too much about the, the crappy things, you know what I mean? This guy was just getting pummeled. Um, now, I, I granted he had a chin, and I'm not saying that maybe they should have completely stopped it. But if I'm coaching Tyler Diamond, I would have thrown the towel in the damn ring or the octagon. I would have thrown the towel in. He was taking so much head trauma. Like, I'm sure that young man has a concussion. There's just no way. He was taking everything from knees to punches. He was getting hit very hard on the ground. He would take 20 punches before returning maybe a, a strike or trying to change positions. And you can see Brandon laughing and was like, good Lord, man, what is this guy going to take to get this guy out? Um, I don't like seeing that. I don't. I, I like I like seeing two guys. I, I don't even mind two guys getting a little bloody because blood can be overrated. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a cut, homie. <laughs> you know the you know those times when you get like a little paper cut and some water falls on it and the, the blood's like all over your hand. It looks like you're bleeding out. Like, you know, it's just sometimes blood, it just looks a little worse than it is. They go back to the corner and put a little towel on the blood and then. You see, it's like a little paper cut, basically, right? So this was not the case. Tyler Diamond was really taking a lot of hits, and I thought his effort was phenomenal. I'm going to echo what I said about the Bobby Moffitt Jenkins and the Bubba Jenkins fight. I heard some people, some respected handicappers out there, talking about Diamond, uh, that Diamond was good value, um, and, you know, plus 200, not bad, right? So... I think, again, that was a very smart recommendation. That was a smart move because, you know, 
it it was it was decent fight. I don't think it was close, but Tyler did way better than I thought. I thought Brendan was gonna probably finish the fight, and maybe he does finish against anyone else. Maybe Tyler Diamond just has a brick head. I don't understand because he was getting hammered, unhealthy level of hammering. And one more note on that, but like one of the commentators, like laughing jokingly, said like. Oh, yeah, it's amazing that he didn't go unconscious. Like, you know, like when people go unconscious from, from getting hit in the head, I, you know, it's not it's not really a great thing. I I get that moment of like, like Masvidal, right? Masvidal gets like, wow, walloped, you know? And he's probably like semi-unconscious for a second, right? Kind of knocked out, right? Okay, he could recover from that. But I don't want to see someone in the ring like, I don't. I don't know about you guys. I don't want to see someone laying on the ground, and then they come in with the doctors, and then they come in with their tr corner, and they're smacking him in the face, like 10, 15, 20 seconds, because the person is like literally lost consciousness. Your body doesn't shut down and go to unconsciousness unless your body has sustained some kind of high-level trauma. Okay, that's how this body works. That's how the brain, and everything works. Your eyes shut, and things. It shuts down, no more visual, no more talking, when serious trauma happens. So, you know, the, the, whoever the guy was who commented on that and made that joke, like, not funny, Holmes. Like, there's a lot of ways you could definitely, hey, it was an amazing fight. Dude has an amazing chin. But, like, I'm never going to be cool with them, you know, sort of like ho-hum, like making fun of guys getting seriously injured. It's not chill. Like, and that referee there... I get he doesn't want to be that guy, but man, someone should have stopped that fight at some point because he was really getting hurt. And all right, I'm off my soapbox. Off my soapbox. I'm back to the breakdown. So Brendan Lofnan looked pretty good. I was on him. I, I was super duper. That was my third favorite pick of the night behind Jenkins and Collard. Um, but this was also like a very, very close fight. You know what I mean? And he got the majority decision because one, I think one judge saw it as a tie. Yeah, right. Wild. One judge saw this fight 28-28. And I remember right when they announced the, 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 the card and the numbers. I'm sorry. They announced the, uh, the decision. And um, two judges had it for Brendan Lofton and one judge had it tied. And I have no idea. <laughs> Like, that's when you, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get on to it. But, like, what the, you know, what the hell, man? Like, what what judge saw that 28-28? Like, I want some of that stuff in my pipe, man. Like, I don't, what were you looking at? Maybe he couldn't see. Maybe he had a bad angle. I don't know. Maybe he was doing it through Zoom because it just doesn't make any sense. Brandon Lofton had that poor young man hurt almost for the entire three rounds. And I'm not sure where he saw. Maybe Tyler gets around somewhere. Around just because he takes a lot of punches very well. Anyway, let's wrap the bow up on this fight. Brendan gets the win. He was a big favorite, minus 265. So that's super scary. Um, I mentioned I'll get back to talking about him and Bubba. So, you know, those guys who don't shower after they play sports, like right away? Because, you know, I'm going to tell you a little story. When I was in college and I played college sports, we had nice facilities. I would, right when we were done, you know, I would write. Go to the locker room, have my stuff there, my you know, my book bag, whatever else, my my personal belongings, whatever. Some guys wouldn't shower. Like some dudes would be like, oh whatever, man, I'll just, you know, I'll shower at home or I'll and like and it's gonna be like morning practice. So we could be finishing up morning practice at like whatever, let's say nine o'clock in the morning. I'm like, You're gonna go to class? What? <laughs> You're gonna go to class like this? I'm like, I'm gonna go get freshened up and then I'm gonna go on my way to class and and then after practice again in the afternoon, guess what? I'm I'm gonna get showered up and freshen up again and put my clothing back on and like, you know, um, but you know, those dudes who don't do that, they're just like, nah, man, whatever. I'll just shower later. Well, Brendan Laughlin is one of those dudes. And I'm, I'm, I'm making this funny joke on him because this dude was out there watching Bubba Jenkins fight. He was out there watching like in the arena and he's got the blood still on his face. <laughs> like he still has on the tape on his hands. He still has his hands taped up. He's got blood on his face. He's leaning on a railing, and he's, like, kind of, not talking shit to Bubba, but after the fight, kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, Kyle, I'm going to fight you. They mentioned they were going to fight each other before at the press conference. Like, and he's got his cell phone there. So here he is texting or telling whatever. He's got blood on his face. He's still got his gloves on, um, and he's watching the Bubba Jenkins fight. And I'm like, no shower, homie? 
You don't want to go, uh, you know, get cleaned up, freshen up. Maybe put on that suit you can't, whatever. Put on your threads. Look fly. You have camera time right now, and you're looking like the guy who doesn't shower up. Maybe you don't even shower up before you leave the facility. Maybe you're going home with that. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. My God, just. But I do like Brendan. I do like Brandon Loftner as a fighter. I, you know, I like I like his swag. He's a tough guy. He fought well. Um, I thought he got an easy win, but I guess one judge saw it equal. You know, so we were on Brandon Loftner uh, pre-fight. That was pretty easy for us. I thought he had all the t all all the tools to make it happen. But that wraps up the main card. We were four zero here on the. Well, let me let me back up. No, that that would be that would be misleading. In the initial prediction video, we went dogger pass on the Elkin Shields fight. Now, I personally, myself, I did make an adjustment here. I'm going to have to find a way to get that out to my, my Twitter followers and everyone else just to make sure I'm, I'm giving up-to-date information. But as the fight closed in, I started to to put put money on Shields. Uh, not straight up, but strictly on parlay scenarios where I was parlaying Shields, Collard, Jenkins, and Laughlin. Look what happened. You know, they all won. So for the main card there, we were hot. We had all four of them right. Um, well, again, back up. That's incorrect. We had three of them right. Elkin, we were off on. Um, but personally, I was able to get all four of those right on my parlays for this evening. Anyway, let's move on down to the prelims. And the prelims was a disaster. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to get right into it. So, Schultz versus Martinez. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get too much into this other than to say that Schultz, I think is showing signs that maybe his his career is winding down. Um, cardio issues. Maybe he, you know what, his guy's like a two-time champion, right, in Bellator. Maybe he's at that point where he's not training as hard anymore. He's just, you know, yeah, there's something lacking there, man. He 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 looked, I'm going to say it, Alex Martinez is, is not that good, in my opinion. And Alex Martinez was piecing him up. You know, Martinez could have won this fight. Well, one judge think, thought he did win the fight, so he split decision loss, right? I didn't think very highly of Martinez at all coming into this fight. You know, I, I was, yeah, yeah, he's 8-1 now, and I just, I, I didn't see much coming into this fight. But then you look at the fight, and he looked pretty good. So you have to look at Nate, or Natan, I'm sorry, look at Natan Schultz, and you're like, what's going on with you? Um, he was trying to walk Alex down, but he was very slow in his like footwork, low volume, um, just very underwhelming. Uh, we did have him and I was on him and I was, it wasn't a favorite pick. You know, the favorite picks of the night for us on this card were uh, Collard, Jenkins, Lofton, and Aleev, which we'll get to that. I shouldn't laugh about that. Aleev crushed so many of my parlays. So, Back to Schultz Martinez, just to wrap this up here. Um, so I was on Schultz. I, I thought he would win the experience. He's only 29. It looks like he's like fighting like he's 39. Minus 335. That was way too high, right? He got a split decision win. So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to watch what happens with him in his next fight because if he fights anybody decent, like I'm definitely going to be fading him. And people will probably be betting him because, you know, like he was a favorite last time and he won and two-time you know, champ, I guess, in that division. So anyway, that went to a split decision. Martinez, well, I should probably answer this question. I'm not sure who won. I, I'm not really sure who won the fight. You can go back and forth with that one. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure who won that fight. That that could have well, that could have been a draw. <laughs> it could it could have gone either way. It was a split decision. So thank God I went for Schultz. I was sweating that out when they were doing the raising of the hand. So all right, let's go back to the next card. Uh, next, I'm sorry. Next fight down here on the uh, prelims is the uh, where are we at here? Oh my gosh! Yeah, this one here. So Marcin Held versus Olivier Aubin Mercier, and I'm gonna I'm calling him right now. I'm I'm calling myself out. Terrible research on my part. Didn't look into this close enough. Um, underestimated Mercier completely. And I'm listen. There's no excuses. I've got to be more thorough when I'm breaking down PFL or any of the lower level MMA stuff. I can't hide behind excuses of like, well, it's not UFC. I'm not big on as much. Like this is complete foul on my part. I should have looked into this more. And if I did, I would have been on Mercier. And I'm gonna tell you, from the beginning of this fight, from the moment they they rang the bell, Mercier was the better fighter. Okay, Marcin Held is a decent fighter. He's a Polish guy. He's Good, good fighter. Not a great fighter. Um, 
Mercier came in here really hungry, looked really good. Um, dude's thick, man. He's super strong. I, that was like, there was a visual, like you, when you first saw him, if you didn't see the broadcast, I'm going to tell you what he looked like. He looked like, like he's been working out a lot. The dude's ripped and, and not just ripped, but like got, got chest on his ass. Like he's got some boobs and whatever. Like the dude's massive, man. Um, he made Marcin hell look like, uh, yeah, like he made Marcin hell look like some type of like, you know, part-time, uh, yoga instructor because Olivier is built like a rock, man. So, and that, tra that translated into like when they clinched and stuff, like, yeah, Mercier was just stronger and Mercier started landing shots, beat him. Like it was the unanimous decision. Like he definitely beat him. It was, he beat him up and down. So for those of you out there, and there were a few that were on Mercier. Mercier was a plus one twenty five, and uh, the one the people who chose him and bet on him, like, phew, man, you nailed that. I was, I was like, Google, I had the had the like, the Marcin held Google eyes on. I just, I, I couldn't see clearly because of his last fight, and you know, Marcin held beat Schultz, and I overrated that win, and oh, man, maybe Marcin held and 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 Natan Schultz are both like, you know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I can't make that full assumption. But the point is, Mercier looked really... I tell you what, if Mercier... <laughs> if, if Mercier fights Schultz, he's going to whoop his ass, okay? He's going to whoop his ass. Because that Mercier dude... I guess his history is like he didn't fight in a year and a half or something. And kind of sound like he got in some trouble. Like, he didn't say it fully. Um, I, I think his, like, nickname is The Gangster. Let me, let me look this up real quick, because... His yeah yeah okay so his his name is the Canadian gangster um you know I I got a feeling this guy's you know kind of been dabbled in the underworld I think the last year and a half because he talked about it in the pre-fight he said it took me some time to realize that you know how important fighting is for me and I is what I love whatever it sounds like maybe he got off the path whatever that involved but usually involves um. I shouldn't say usually, I, I, I'm not making, I shouldn't make this assumption, but I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if I were to learn that maybe he had a legal problem or maybe he had dipped and dabbled into some, you know, recreational activities, okay, that would involve doing things, putting things in your body, I'm not sure, okay, I'm not going to speculate, I am speculating, <laughs> anyway, um, so he said that in the, in the pre-fight, right, but what I'm going to speculate about him now is that he has come back out of that with like a fire in his chest i mean the dude looks good um i'm gonna get in a tantrum again i can't help it i guess it's, it must be the wine tonight but the one thing he's got to stop is the haircut he's got the haircut thing if you've heard my prior shows I, I get it drives me bananas when guys have haircuts or women have haircuts and don't put their hair like if you're a woman just corn roll braid you a bunch of different things you could do a bunch of nice styles you could put in your hair right and if you're a guy, like, don't come out there with, like, a fluffy curl. He's got this, like, um, oh, man, that basketball player. I can't remember his name, but whatever. He's got a big mop of hair on his head. Beautiful, curly-ish hair, you know, whatever, the whole deal. Olivier's got this nice big, you know, mop of hair in his head. It's even coming down, like, almost, like, to the, you know, to the top of his, like, um, his, his, his top of his eyes, you know, in the front of his hair. He won the fight, so he's fine. But if he gets pieced up, his head's going to be shaking, and that all that hair's going to be shaking everywhere. Every single shot he takes is going to be so obvious for the judges to see. So cut your damn hair, Mercier. Like, come on, dog. Like, don't make it easier for the judges to see you get hit. Like, that drives me bananas. I don't know why people do that. Like, if you're a fighter and you listen to this, like, that's like a simple thing. Don't, don't have a haircut in the fight that you can see every time you get hit in the face or hit in the head. Like, just... just it's got to be a fighter IQ thing I got to hit on, right? Anyway, anyway, just to just to wrap this up, I was on Marcin Held. I knew from like the first like 30 seconds, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I was like, oh, no. The the big bag Mercier is going to just, just, no, no. So, yeah, it was obvious right away. That was a nice win. It was underdog there, plus 125 for Mercier. If you were on Mercier and you were just doing it because you didn't know, you were happy. If you did know and you did more research and you looked into this guy and you saw something about him you liked, man, you're like, I'm good at this, right? You got that feeling. Open up the chest like Superman. I win. So great pull. Great pull. But uh, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. All right. Let's move on down to 
this was a crusher, a lav. I mean, I'm talking crusher, crusher. Must have broken. I don't exaggerate. Like I probably had like 20 different parlays, like all just marinating in a just beautiful world of winning plus 100s here, minus you know it was just gorgeous, beautiful seven, eight, nine, ten leg, gorgeous parlays, and Alev was in all of them. <laughs> Alev was in all of them, and if I had to do this over again. I still would probably have him in all of them. It was just a colossal mistake on my part now looking back. But man, looking back on the film and how I broke it down, I just he was the fourth most confident pick on the card that we had. Just to recap, we like Collard, Jenkins, Lofton, and Alev. And of all those, I gotta tell you what, I may have I uh, may, may have liked Alev the most. At least according to my parlays, I did, right? Because he crushed them. Um who knows what would happen? Maybe if they fought again, it'd be different. But if you didn't watch the fight, they come out in the first round. It's a quick, you know, within 45 seconds or so. Uh, Radzabov is able to TKO him, knock him out. And I think what if you if you look closely, what happens is Alev takes a punch. It's a pretty hard punch. Like it gets him like so somewhat stunned, you know. And then Radzabov just comes on in, you know, starts pounding him more. And sort of disengages. So Razabov like disengages from the floor for a second when he was like on top of Alev. Alev is face down, curled up, kneed up, hands on top of his head. Like he's got his hands on top of his head. He's just curled up. He's not even looking up. And uh, Razabov comes over, lands a few more strikes. And so I, I don't know if it was a few moments later, Alev was fine. So... We'd have to wait maybe for more information to see what happened. It seems like maybe he just he was very hurt at that moment, right? And so he had no way to respond. And and yeah, it was a bummer. I mean, I'm happy for Razabov. This is a fight where I thought if it goes later in second round, third round, which I would have expected. I mean, I had no reason to believe Alea would just get knocked out in like 10 seconds, right? I thought that's where the big difference would be found, right? Because... Alev was one minus 190. He was a significant favorite, almost a two-to-one favorite. So, you know, Vegas was on him. Most people were on him. And Razabov is a good fighter. Actually, they're former teammates. They know each other well. A lot of respect for each other after the fight, too. Both fighters were very, very, you know, talkative to each other, very kind. Um, but, yeah, kind of a freak thing, man. And that was rough because I was very high on him. And, you know, from a financial perspective, it was a little crushing. I could laugh about it now, but it wasn't funny at the time. So the prelims, that was the second... L on the prelims, right? The Morias and Stern fight, I did not include in, in our prediction show because that was a change. Um, that happened, I guess, what, two days or so before the fight. And so I didn't break it down. But I will tell you uh, what happened here. Um, you know, Jesse Stern came in. He was supposed to fight someone else, right? I, I forgot who was going to fight. But Jesse Stern was supposed to fight someone else. And Shaman Marias was supposed to fight someone else as well. But they ended up matching these guys up and then rescheduling some other guys for a later fight, right? So um, Shaman Marias, if you remember his last fight, he got... Man, I got to tell you, look it up. Shaman Marias, if you haven't seen it, I'll try to describe it. Brendan like Lofnan... He tagged him so hard that this dude just like buckled right in place. <laughs> he kind of did like a human suitcase, but only half of him folded, like his legs folded. And he was laying on the, on the side of the cage, like, uh, uh, like head hanging, looking around like he just woke up from a serious nap. Like, so it was ugly. And that was his third loss in a row. He had lost to Sadiq Yusuf, Andre Philly, and then Brandon Lofton. Um, so he wins this fight by submission and it's his first submission ever. So I think what you do is you look at this fight and you say, okay, Stern was kind of a last minute replacement and he was a plus 240 dog and Marias was minus 300. And so Marias just beat a really bad fighter because I have questions about Marias and um, I don't know who he fights next, but I'll probably be, I'll probably be on that other guy. So for Stern, oh man, sorry Holmes, like you got a shot here to do something and it just didn't go well. He didn't look like he had a chance. And Marias looked like he had a lot of confidence, was walking him down and 
doing whatever you wanted to. But I didn't have anything on this fight. I didn't wager on any part of it um, because, again, it was kind of last minute. And I just – honestly, I was thinking about putting money on Stern <laughs> because I'm I'm so, like, questionable about Marias and, and seeing that last knockout and how bad it was and lost three fights in a row up before this fight. So, yeah, I was thinking, oh, maybe Stern could do something. But I'm glad I didn't even touch it. So – all right, let's move down to the first fight on the um, on the card, and that was Chris Wade versus Armand Ospinov. And this one, this one's aggravating for me. This one really had me like I was so stoked when the fight got going because Ospinov was whooping his ass. For lack of better words, he was tagging this dude. Okay, and Wade's got a chin. That that young man showed tremendous, tremendous. He showed like both fighter IQ, uh, durability, chin, you know, just good old fashioned courage and toughness. Some guys get hit with one of those punches that Osmanov was hitting him with, and they just go down and they're on the ground, like uh, like trying to like recover, like or he just get KO'd. Ospinov was hitting him with a lot of stuff, and Wade was – he was hurt. At one point, he got knocked down. Um, so this fight coming into round two, Ospinov had one round one from my recollection, and, you know, he was doing well in round two. He had backed up Wade. Wade just wasn't as fast on his feet. You know, Wade has a nice wrestling background, but his striking game at times, you know, can be, you know, to be desired. Now, Wade was a minus 159 favorite coming in. So let me go to the prediction. I had Ospinov at plus 125. I just thought, you know, I saw some serious holes in Wade's game recently that had me like, you know, I, I think the Russian guy comes in here. You know, I'm a big fan of the Eastern fighter, Eastern European fighters. You know, I favor those Georgian, Ukrainian, Russian. Heck, I'll go away to Mongolia, you know, all that whole strip of land, you know, just all those guys are good fighters, and I thought I, I thought Wade showed me some things recently on film that suggested I should probably fade him. And um, as the fight closed in, I did put a sprinkle on Wade in some parlays because I just started looking at it more, and I'm like, oh, you know, he could, whatever. So I, that was good, but I didn't really nothing really serious. Ospinov should have won the fight. You know, he got hit with a leg kick that was supposed to be a leg kick, but he ducked. And as he ducked, the knee of the leg kick hits him. And I think it, like, hit him, like, kind of, like, right in the side of the head. Like, almost, like, on the temple. And you see he, like, stands up and does, like, uh, 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 kind of, all right, the computer's frozen. Need the reset button. And then Wade just hits him. He falls to the ground. And then, of course, a minute minute or two later after all that, Ospinov was totally fine. But he just got caught, man. He got caught. And it was... It was unfortunate because Armand probably wins this fight by decision easily because he was clearly tagging Chris Wade. He was having his way with him on his feet, and that's the direction it was going. But for Chris Wade, you know, you know, I'm not trying to discount this win because, man, the comeback from what he was, he was getting beat up. He was really getting his butt kicked, and he somehow weathered that storm came back and you know obviously ends the fight with with a leg kick or knee to the head whatever so if you're a wade for if you're a wade fan or you bet it on wade you're like yeah man you know even as far as a few drinks later like i know we are wade yeah um wade was losing that fight <laughs> wade was losing that fight and the the knee it was crazy he wasn't even he wasn't throwing a knee he wasn't throwing a knee armand decided to to dip to that side a little bit, maybe to break. It was a leg. It was a leg. It was a leg kick that Chris Wade threw to the body. So if you can envision that, he's throwing the leg kick to the body, but then Armand ducks down to that side to whatever, maybe brace for it. And as he does that, the knee hits him on the side of the head. The leg is still kicking the body at that time, but Wade's got a chin. <laughs> that boy's got a chin. He took a lot of hits in that fight. So um, yeah, we were off on that one too. We were off on Hospinoff. But just a quick summary here. That means we finished up 5-3 and three on the night. All right. So the prelim was a disaster. We got Ospinov versus Wade incorrect. We got Alev over Rosbogov. Rosbogov also incorrect. And we got Marcin Held over Mercier also wrong. So we started the night off 0-3. Oh I was like, all right, 
what the hell am I doing wrong? I'm, 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 I must be doing predictions the opposite opposite direction. I'm like, what's going on here? So it started off 0-3. I told my wife, I'm like, what the hell's going on? I even went to my wife. I'm talking to her, like trying to get off my chest. I'm like, what's going on over here? And she told me, calm down, honey. It's MMA, right? Anything can happen. I'm like, I don't want to hear that shit right now. Like, I did research on this. I, I believed LAF was going to win that fight. I believe Marcin Hill's going to win that fight. I thought Osmanov was going to win that fight. And of those, of those three fights, honestly, looking back at it, Marcin held no question, lost the fight. I completely boo-boo on that one. But Ospinov, god damn, man. Come on, man. should have won that fight. So, anyway, we got off to an 0-3 start. And then from there, we caught fire. We got every one of them, the rest of them right. We got Schultz over Martinez, Lofton over Diamond, Jenkins over Moffitt, Collard over Lutterback. And then I keep saying we got them all right, but that's not correct. The main event, the main card, Shields winning over Elk, and I did say Dogger Pass in my prediction show, so I can't take credit for that. That would be another L, actually, if you look at that closely. But on my personal book, I guess I got it five and three. Anyway, ladies and gents, I'm going to publish this video like ASAP, get it up. I will say this. If you like the videos, please click the, click the like button. Please subscribe because I record from a mobile device, and the mobile device that I record from, requ basically YouTube requires me to have a thousand subscribers before I can go live using a mobile device to do my recording. I use my iPhone to actually capture all of my footage for the shows that we do for MMA Fight Club. So you'd be doing a big favor to me by hitting the like, subscribing, spread the word, send it to your friends. We do not sell anything. We do not ask for any subscriptions or donations of any kind. That's not the vehicle by which we're looking to be funded. We have an avenue via advertising and affiliate programs that we're using to raise money and basically pay the bills around here. So all we ask of you as the listener, if you want to help us out and get more content and allow me to produce more content, and I have some people I want to also start bringing in to co-host some shows as well, hit the like button, subscribe, send it to your friends. Hell, have your girlfriend like it and subscribe it just because. Have your mom like it and subscribe it just because. Um... You know, I appreciate whatever you guys can do. Um, same thing about comments. Leave comments. Comment on anything. Uh, give me feedback. Heck, make fun of my, my studio. Let me know what we could do better. Um, we got a recent addition here in the back. I don't know if you could see it, but that canvas um, poster just came in, which I'm so stoked about. Um, I'll have to do a zoom in next time. But that's uh, the McGregor versus Khabib fight. Um, it's really cool. That's the one where it's got the eye with the Italian uh, – I'm sorry, time. The Scottish flag in uh, McGregor's eye, and then in uh, Khabib's eye, it's got the Russian color flag. So, really cool. I'm gonna be making more more additions actually back here in the next few weeks, just to give us some more color, hang some more MMA stuff. But anyway, I appreciate your support. Please comment. Please subscribe. Please hit the like button. We'll be doing more videos, and uh, God bless you guys. Hope you guys had winning tickets tonight on PFL. If you didn't have winning tickets tonight, I hope you parlayed some stuff to Bellator, Bellator maybe to UFC. Um, and if you're not betting at all, just, hey, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy MMA, and hopefully I'm just giving you some information that might help you enjoy the fights and maybe just do some, you know, your own internal uh, gambling of who you want to root for, who you like to win, right? So until next time, guys, peace and love.